Welcome to Melangela's Soul Garden Podcast, the platform that makes a change. We'll be helping you to navigate a new life, boost your potential, grow spiritually, enjoy nature's ways, reinvent a creative you and so much more. Hosted by Melangela. If you would like to be notified about new episodes, you can subscribe to my newsletter, where I also share some exclusive contents. There will be no spam, and if you don't like it, you can unsubscribe at any time. You can find the link to the newsletter in the description of the episode. Now, on with the show! Enjoy! Hello, dear listeners. You are tuned to Melangela's Soul Garden. My name is Melangela, your host, and with me today, another Angela Angela Lee, my guest. A very good day to you, Angela. Good day, Melangela. I am so excited to be here on Melangela's Soul Garden and share my stories with your audience. Thank you. You're so welcome. Now, if I try to be, you know, a bit in line with the English, I suppose I need to say a word or two about the English weather, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we've had some spells of rain, actually throughout July and August. Uh, today we have a beautiful day here, um, <laughs> so it's it's brilliant. But is England? As green, as beautiful as I remember it. <laughs> Tell oh, me. England is, oh, it's so beautiful and so green because of all the rain. Because of the rain. <laughs> which is, today is quite the rainy day, which for me, you know, I moved here from California. Right. So for August to be rainy is unusual. <laughs> It is, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. But then you have all the vibrant and, you know, uh, scents and fragrances that come from nature. And that is beautiful, isn't it? So you can't have it all. (laughs) And I am so fortunate. I live in the Cotswolds area. So every hike I take is just beyond gorgeous. Just so beautiful. The one of the last ones I was on, we walked through a field of sunflowers and it was acres and acres of sunflowers. It was just so gorgeous. Okay. A lot of, a lot of yellow and shining (laughs) all through. Okay. Let me kick off with a few lines taken from the journey of Stanley, the raindrop, a short story by Angela Lee. Stanley's dad was so very happy to see Stanley and asked, Son, it's been a long time. Tell me, what, where have you been? What have you learned? Oh, Dad, I've been all over the world. I have learned so much. I learned that life can be fun no matter what circumstances bring. All I needed to do was look for joy in my current circumstance. Once I looked, I always found it. I learned that my perspective can affect how I adapt to new circumstances. I learned that change happens and that I can adapt to it. I learned that I am me but I also learned that I am part 
of a hole. This charming story, so beautifully narrated by Angela on her YouTube platform, neatly binds life cycles and underlying messages and truths related to our destiny and life. We may think we control our lives, but do we really? Looking at your biography, Angela, I thought to myself, wow, this lady's life has been mysteriously dictated by devastating fire and water disasters. Would you agree? <laughs> yes, and I can say that at least the last fire was a blessing in disguise. Mm. We'll move to that in, in, my, in my next question, but let me first ask you, why England? Mm. <laughs> when we're done with the next question and the fire thing, you'll understand a little bit more. Okay, <laughs> then let's move to the next because one. Because it rains. Yeah. <laughs> mm. It rains, a lot of rain and a lot of greenery. And okay. no chance of wildfires. Okay, right. So there is a blessing, as you said, a blessing in disguise for all of us. What were yours? Could you tell us a bit mm -hmm. about your story back in California and now here in the UK? Okay, so um, my life really changed dramatically in 2017. In October of 2017, there was a wildfire in Northern California in the Sonoma County wine country. It was actually in Napa County too. Um, the, basically, I got a phone call at 1.30 in the morning and you know, there's no, nothing good anybody has to say at 1.30. At that time of the night, definitely yeah. not, no. It was a robotic voice and it said, evacuate immediately, wildfire headed your way. Horrible. So I hung up the phone and I looked outside. The sky was tangerine orange at 1.30 in the morning, which we, we know it's not supposed to look like that. But I had opened the door and what I heard was an otherworldly noise. It was, um, the wind was blowing at 65 miles an hour that night. So the wind sounded like a freight train, but there was also a roar. And the roar was, I mean, it really did sound like a mature lion in full roar. And it that was, was the flames. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and I couldn't see any actual flames in my backyard, but I knew they were right there because of the color of the sky. And the noise was so surreal that I just shocked. I shut the door as quickly as I could. And I ran downstairs. I woke my now ex-husband up and I said, we must evacuate. And he argued, he, he didn't believe me. So I made him go outside to, to see. Um, we did, he did agree that we needed to evacuate. And 10 minutes later, we pulled out from the house. And I remember looking over my shoulder at this house where we had raised our kids. We had 
you know, 24 years of Christmases and Thanksgiving celebrations with both sides of the family. And I remember looking and saying, I guess I won't have to clean out those closets. And I didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, a, there's a benefit of a wildfire is you never have to clean out those closets. Um, that put me into a dark night of the soul. For about six months, I was in shock. I was trying to make sense of my world. I went from living in a very nice home to being more or less homeless without options because 5,000 homes burned that night. There were 5,000 misplaced families that we were all searching for the crumbs of housing that were available. So it was impossible. Um, I put up on Facebook, does anyone know of a rental where I can bring a big dog? Because every ad I saw were little dogs only, little dogs only. And a friend, uh, well, she was an acquaintance of mine, saw my post and she messaged me. And this is the, she is my hero. This is the most selfless thing that anyone has ever done. She messaged me and said, my sister needs me. I'm going to move in with her and you can have my house. Oh, bless her. Yeah. Yeah. So I insisted that we pay her rent. <laughs> she was just going to let us live there. <laughs> But I said, no, we need to pay you rent. And um, we stayed there for four months. And it was truly a blessing to be able to have that place to call home for that time. At least that was comforting and unhelpful in, in that yeah. horrible disaster. Yeah. And just a, a little bit of... I'm sure you've heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. So I had been at the top of the pyramid, comfortable, um, you know, living a good life, more or less, and dropped to the bottom where I was seeking a place to put my head at night and seeking a place to, you know, bring food home to. It is so hard to imagine, really hard for, to, to imagine for me. Yeah, it took five weeks for me to to find that place to live. And in the five weeks, it was um, difficult. We were staying at my mother-in-law's in my ex-husband's childhood room, which on a single bed, <laughs> it was um, traumatic to say the least. You know, the whole thing was traumatic. But during that time, you also figured something else. You understood that you need to well, it, certain things in life. Yeah, what it did is cause me to examine my life. Was I living the life that my heart, my soul said I was meant to live? And I quickly discovered that no, I wasn't. Um, I knew that I was in a difficult marriage. And I never, I never put myself first. I always put his needs first. So 
for me, I, I basically said, well, everybody deserves love. He deserves love, even though he can be difficult. Um, I'm sure I'm difficult to him. And so I, I always kind of made excuses and, and I stayed in this marriage where I wasn't, he loved me. He loved me as much as he could, but it wasn't the kind of love I needed. Not and the right so match. Not yeah. the right match. Mm -hmm. Okay. How would you, Angela, define success? Success, I think, is being happy in every circumstance. The way you explained through your Stanley story, isn't that so? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I also have a blog post about that. Um, you know, what is the, the secret of life, basically, is to be happy in all your circumstances, um, to find the happiness in all your circumstances. And try to look from the bright side. Yeah, and, you know, it's a little bit different than that. Um, what it comes down to is your perspective. Um, if you see yourself as a victim, you will be in circumstances where you are the victim because that is how you see yourself. And that's how I was. I saw myself as a victim. But once I figured it out and decided I'm not going to be a victim anymore, and I took responsibility for everything in my life, then I was able to say, okay, well, hey, I brought this into my life. If I don't want it, I can change it. I can make changes. So the perspective that we hold is truly, um, you know, one of the, the big tenets of what our life manifests in, into being. And when you decided you wanted to leave your husband, how did, how did he take this? Mm. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, I knew that for me to choose me and my needs was going to hurt him in ways that he had never been hurt before. And it did. You know, he was, he was devastated. Um, you know, he thought I was the love of his life. And maybe I was, but the way he knew how to love couldn't really fill my needs. And he finally accepted that. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that in some ways he's still miserable and he, and he sees himself as the victim of me abandoning him. Um, and when he can accept his responsibility and um, see that his choices led to where we are, just as my choice, you know, I don't, I don't put any blame on him. It was all my choices led me to where I was. Um, me not setting boundaries and me not valuing myself enough to say, 
I deserve better than this. Um, so when he can make those same perspective shifts that I was able to make, then he will find his own happiness. And I hope, I really hope for that for him. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Um, so when did you realize you wanted to become a children's author? I don't know that I ever set out to be a children's author. I um, started writing a story for my friend's daughter, Isabella, and um, it turned into a fairy tale. And I actually started it before the fire. So I, you know, I was just writing a fun little story for my friend's daughter, who was six years old at the time. Um, now she's nine. So <laughs> um, the first version of that story got burned with the computer in the fire. So, so everything uh, got burned in that house. Everything. Every oh yeah, it went of. from. It went from a very large, comfortable home to a two-foot pile of ash that was contained within the foundation. All that was left was the foundation and the curved brick stairway that went to nowhere. <laughs> so when I got there, I said, oh, look, we do have a stairway to heaven now. <laughs> How horrible that must have been. It was. Um, you know, I was looking, I have a Pinterest board on my Pinterest that is called Tubbs Fire. And I was just looking at the pictures this morning and it's, it's just so amazing. Um, you know, there's a, a picture that I took the morning after looking up my street and all you see is a street and some burned trees and nothing else. And that was a whole, you know, there were 30 houses there that are not there. <laughs> and yeah, it is. Um, so quite, things um, quite can different. change overnight, just, just like that. And you're left with nothing. Yeah, I called myself homeless with resources because I knew I had insurance and I knew it was going to take a while before insurance came. Um, but, you know, I, I was a step above homeless because I had some money in the bank and I could, you know, make some choices. So what is your recipe for a well-spent day that leaves you happy, smiling, con content? Maybe a day spent with your lady girls talking and <laughs> discussing books, whatever. Is that oh, one well, of them? Okay, so for me, a well-spent day starts off with getting up early enough to watch the sunrise and sipping coffee while I watch the sunrise and then meditating for maybe an hour, getting ready for the day, writing a little bit, going to the coffee shop, write some more, meet friends, have lunch, come home, write some more. Um, or alternatively, I, I love the days when I meet my friends at 9 or 10 a.m. and we go for a hike in the Cotswolds and spend four or five hours walking through this just so beautiful. I, I, 
I say magical all the time, <laughs> but, it is, but it is magical. It's so, the beauty is there, the, the magical essence is there. It, it's just, it fills your heart and soul. And so those days are really the best days when I get to do that. So you've made friends over there in England? Yeah. And that was not that was not difficult that was not a challenge oh well so i'm i decided um when i would i took two months well let's back up the fire happened and then almost a year later i left my ex-husband and soon after that i um, went to an event in bali and i met some wonderful people so the next year in 2019, I decided I'm going to meet those people again and they're going to be in Europe. So I had to leave my job because they would not allow, allow me to do two months in Europe. Um, I had used up so much, well, I had used up all of my vacation time um, doing medical leave so that I could go shopping and do all the things that I needed to do to establish a household. So all my vacation time was used up and I asked for leave without pay and they said no. So I ended up retiring because there was no way I was going to miss this opportunity to um, really kind of find myself in, in Europe. So I went to Portugal. I had a little adventure in the ocean <laughs> in Portugal that um, I call it the second time I almost drowned. And oh my gosh. <laughs> this is so unbelievable. <laughs> First fire, then Just, water, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I had two almost drownings and two fires. And, and really, the, so the the first almost drowning was in Santa Cruz. I was a little kid and I stepped off an edge that was not noticeable in a waiting area. And I plunged underwater and nobody noticed. So I had to, my, I had to, you know, flail around myself. My foot hit the edge of the ledge that I had fallen off on and I was able to pull myself back up. And then I went crying to my mother <laughs> who gave me all kinds of love. She didn't know why, but <laughs> yeah. So that one, I, um, I managed to save myself. But in Portugal, what happened is I had gone with some younger people swimming in the ocean and I wasn't really prepared for swimming in the ocean. Um, I didn't know the trick or how to swim to manage your energy as you're swimming because of the currents where the currents are strong yeah so what was happening as i was i was struggling i would go forward one foot and be pushed back two foot and go forward one foot and be pushed back and so it, it just it was such a struggle to move um i did make it into the cave where we we had decided to swim to. And we spent an hour in the cave resting and relaxing and taking photos. And then it was time to go back. 
But did, did you did you tell anyone what was going on? At least. Oh well, no, no one knew that what we, what we were up to. That's so. what I thought. <laughs> so we we leave the cave and start swimming back towards where we need to go. And I realize that I'm I'm still tired from the first swim, so I'm still struggling. And as I get around a corner, a wave washed over me. It washed over my head. And I thought, oh my God, this is how people drown. And for a moment, I just lost it. I was panicking. And I did manage to get my head back above water. And I heard my friend Mo say, Angie, when the wave is pushing you in, swim like hell. But when it's pulling you back, just float. And that was, for me, a huge life lesson. Surrender. Go with the flow. <laughs> and that's what I've been doing. Trying In to every circumstance and in that one particular uh, as well. Yeah. And so you managed on your own or did yeah. something? Yeah, it was open? easy. Going with the flow made all the difference. I didn't, I it was, took half my energy and I was able to swim in. So great life lesson. Um, Good for you, Angela. Congratulations. I would, I would have been dead, I think, because I'm just oh. afraid of high waves. And when, you know, when it can this, be pretty scary, it is, it yeah. is very scary for me. And to find myself underwater and then more waves coming in, I think I, I would have a difficulty <laughs> fighting that or surviving in that case. Well, yeah, so good for you. The secret is not to fight. Yeah, <laughs> to go with the flow, as you said, yeah. to go with, your, with, with the flow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I just <laughs> find it hard <laughs> to believe. Okay, so you say you write transformational books for children. What exactly do you mean by that? Uh, well, um, basically what I say now is I've written a consciousness book for children that is disguised as a fairy tale. Um, and when I say consciousness book, what I mean is I plant seeds. So I might tell a story similar to the two I've told today um, where there's a a moral or a learning at the end of it. Um, or I might weave some understanding and knowledge mm -hmm. into the whole thing. And I'm just going to describe one chapter of the first book because that really illustrates how I do this. So um, chapter four, the main character, Bella, has she is on a quest to retrieve a relic. And she has to travel to an alternate dimension in where it is believed that this relic is, and she must find it. So she and a compatriot go on this journey. As they enter the alternate dimension, she realizes that it is peopled not with people, but with emotions. So the so the living beings in this dimension are emotions. 
and they are quickly succumbed to the emotion of sadness and they're bogged down and completely bogged down by this. Lucky for them, the emotion of calm happened by and so they were able to come out of their sadness, but then they had a discussion. Okay, we know that calm counteracts many of the emotions that can bog us down. So how do we cultivate calm? And they decided to use some breathing techniques, which are described in detail, um, breath work to cultivate calm. And that's how they managed to get through this particular dimension. Wow, how clever that is. <laughs> and uh, I call it planting seeds. I just plant you, seeds. You definitely <laughs> do. You def and tell you what, as I was listening to your YouTube stories, I mean, stories that you have on, on that platform, mm -hmm. they just make you think. I am an adult, of course, but they just make you think, hmm, have I made this type of mistake myself? So I can easily picture myself reading these stories now maybe to my grandchildren <laughs> by the way i'd love to have this book i've just um, seen the um is it is it one of the uh, illustrations on on instagram on your instagram yes so captivating so beautiful nature and floral patterns and very i mean paying attention to very minute details and um very, very I was nice. lucky to to have a great illustrator, um, Richa Topolwar, who I met in Croatia, and she did the illustrations that are the main chapter illustrations, and then I um, I have another illustrator that is doing the mid mid chapter half page illustrations. So as soon as those are done, and they are very, very powerful, the last ones that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, they, they're both genius illustrators, and both will get full credit in my book because they deserve it. Yeah, a beautiful, a beautiful book, really. Okay, I'm just curious about the name Bella Santini. Is that Italian? <laughs> it was originally Isabella in my first book named after the little girl Isabella Perez that um, I I love dearly and don't get to see because I live here now but um, then when it was being edited my editor suggested that I shorten the name to something that's a little just one syllable or two syllables not three so it became Bella and it's I just pulled it out of the air. Okay, and it's it's nice to just say it and to, um, I mean, um, yeah. There's a, there's a certain melody to it, isn't there? Bella, Bella Santini. Yeah, Bella it's Santini. got a, a, a nice lilt to it. <laughs> yeah, sure does. So, what's next for you after this this first book gets published? Well, in your way. <laughs> the second book is um, also done and close to publication. So the first book um, 
available in, on Amazon and all the other online retailers um, very soon. And the second book, soon thereafter. Um, then the third book is in editing right now, and I'm writing book four. And I so know you you keep yourself very busy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot a lot more stories. Um, kind of piled up in here. So we will appear in my brain. Um, I, I think it'll probably go through seven books, maybe eight, but maybe 11. Who knows? We'll so very much into book writing at this stage. Yes. And I am also working with adults to tie them back to their childhood um, joy, wonder, playfulness, because, you know, when you can adjust your perspective and see the magic in the world, when you can see the rain and think, oh, let me put my wellies on and jump in the puddles like a child would, <laughs> instead of, it's raining again. Can we be like, can we act like a child again? Do we dare? Do we dare? Are you brave enough? Yeah. yeah. Because... One of the things that I love to do is to find a swing set and, and go swinging. And at first, that my adult self was like, oh, you can't, you're an adult. You can't be seen doing that. You can't yeah. be seen. You can do it, but you can't be seen, right? You can't be seen doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, my inner child said, baloney, let's go do it. And so I did. Done. And I had fun. <laughs> Good for you. And bravo for that. Yeah. So when you were down and experiencing the dark night of the soul, what angel came to you to open your eyes and encourage you to take a leap of faith? Mm. I call it an angel. You call it whatever feels yeah. right for you. Well, I had several human angels who um, truly helped me to understand uh, one is a friend of mine janet Kaliri. Um, she had a program that helped me um, really stop being triggered by things so um, she has a program called visible transitions where you basically break so if I was looking at a picture of you, I would look at your eyes and your nose and your mouth. And I would be saying to myself, eye, eye, nose, mouth, chin, ear, ear, hair. Um, and, and so you could be screaming at me in anger, but because I'm breaking you down into pieces <laughs> in my head, I am not triggered by your screaming at me. So it's you're paying attention to different things. Is that it? It's because your your focus is elsewhere, right? I'm not I'm not reacting to what you're doing. I'm placing my focus specifically on on what you choose to keep me neutral. Hmm. And um, so her program was very helpful in learning how not to be triggered. Can you tell us the name of this? Um... Method. Yeah, the program is called Visible Transitions, and 
Um, the person who does it is Janet Kaliri, C-A-L-I-R-I, out of, and she lives in Sonoma County. Thank you for telling um, us that. Yeah, and then I was also uh, talking to a friend who has a program called the Breakthrough Revolution, and he asked me a question. Um, he happens to be a Mormon, or he was a Mormon at the time, and he asked me a question. If you had the ability to um, marry your husband for eternity, would you make that choice? And I recoiled and said no. And that's when I knew that one question was the question. That Revelation. That brought me to the understanding that I needed to leave. Mm. That I wasn't doing him no service by staying and I wasn't doing myself any service either. Right, and your final advice to our audience, to our listeners. I think that the secret to a good life is being present in every moment and finding, finding the good in every moment. You know, rain, rain can be beautiful. Rain can be a great opportunity to be cozy under a blanket and stay inside. Rain can cause, you know, your garden to grow and it gives wonderful petals to jump in if you have the proper equipment like rain boots. <laughs> right. And if you dare. To jump. Yeah. yeah, I did that too, just on one of my hikes, um, a little kid in, in front of us, um, this was on the edge of Wales, and a little kid was, I don't know, a football field in front of us, and I walked up to a pedal and just jumped into the pedal, <laughs> and I was wearing my hiking shoes, so when I got to the pedal, I did the same thing. <laughs> And amused all of my friends that were with me. <laughs> made their day, I, I bet. <laughs> made my day anyway. And yours, absolutely <laughs> true. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, so I will post your contacts uh, when, I, when my episode talking to you is out. But for those who are listening to us right now, can you please share some, some of the people? Absolutely. So my website is www dot angela lee dot com angela a n g e l a lee l e g h dot com and uh, on instagram it's angela lee dot author and the same on faith facebook angela lee author and i'm on pinterest and then, you, and then youtube you can also be found on youtube right YouTube, Angela Lee, and, you know, I, the spelling is a little odd. It's L-E-G-H, not L-E-I-G-H, um, but it is pronounced Lee. And so it shouldn't be too difficult. I right. say there's no I in Lee. <laughs> okay. Now, new books always make me happy, and I'm looking forward to seeing you and, and reading yours. 
And yeah, um, I I will message you as soon as it becomes available. Okay, thank you for that. And I'm positive your books are equally wonderful for children and adults and everyone every, everyone <laughs> who care who cares to to read them because they're very very educational and at the same time extremely beautiful and charming. So thank, thank you, you for that. Thank you for contributing in, in that way. Thank you for being my guest and for oh, taking the time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun to talk to you. And um, I'm just, I'm so excited to share this with as many people as possible because what my whole goal is to help every child to one of the key points of the book, Bella Santini, is that emotions are mentionable and manageable. And if I, if that's the only thing that every child gets out of that book, I will have been very successful. Thank you for that. Thank you, dear listeners, for staying tuned. Keep smiling. Till next time, Milangela. Thank you.